Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Journey Through Sonship podcast. I am Calvin Calhoun, Jr., and today we want to talk about the principles of salvation, the principles of salvation. What does it mean to be saved, and and what does it, and how is one saved? It's very important to understand these principles because in these last couple of days, even in this last month, I've heard a lot of disturbing doctrine that has come over social media and people who I've talked to that seem to believe that certain people, certain people groups get a pass into the kingdom because of their natural lineage. And let me say that that would be contradictory to scripture. But let's not argue back and forth about what what is and what we think, because the reality is there's a lot of things that we've heard through time and through that's been passed down from generation to generation that is not accurate the doctrine of the rapture has been passed down for the past 200 years and really to be honest with you we've been fighting that doctrine for probably the past 15 to 20 years and we're still fighting it because so many people are looking for some event that's going to happen that the scriptures do not support so we really got to come back to actually studying to show thyself approved unto God. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So when it comes to salvation, and this is so critical, because salvation, we're dealing with people's souls here. We're dealing with people's souls. And people, the difference between what? Going to hell and being in the presence of the Lord. So we can't mess this up. We can't afford to mess this up because if someone asks, how am I saved? You need to be able to give an answer. But let's look at the words of Jesus. How about that? Let's look at the words of Jesus. Because I don't want you to hear me. I want you to hear what the scriptures say concerning um, how one is saved, who is saved, and who are God's people. Who are God's people. Let's look at Jesus. I think that's a great starting point. John chapter 3. Everybody get your Bible out. Turn to John chapter 3. Now, we know in this chapter, Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night. He is a Pharisee, is a teacher of the law. He comes by night. <laughs> so, you know, it already tells you how, what Nicodemus is thinking because he's like, I don't really want to be seen, but I have these questions because the things I've seen you do, only someone that, only a person can do that if God is with them. Okay? So, of course, Nicodemus inquires about being born again. But look at what Jesus tells him. He tells him, and, and this is the first principle. He says, um, John chapter 3, verse number 1. Let's start right there. It says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, and no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's the first principle right there. You must be born again. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus did not put any type of of, of, uh, special parameter on that. He did not say, well, this is an exception to the rule. He says, what? Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Who, who is Jesus talking to? He's talking to Nicodemus, a Pharisee, a ruler of the Jews. All right. So he goes on and tells him about what it means to be born again. 
Then they come to the second line of questioning. And, um, and it says this, Nicodemus, verse 9. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Look, so in other words, Jesus is like, Wait a minute, man. Y'all have the scriptures. You, you are a teacher of the people. How do you not know these things? And if you don't know these things, guess what? Neither do the people. See, that's why the spirit of Elijah was upon John the Baptist. And it says that he shall come in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, lest he smite the earth with a curse. But guess what he does? He was called to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. That's why he was crying out in the wilderness, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. So in other words, he was calling the nation of Israel, all those who would come to John the Baptist, he's calling them to repentance. They must repent for some reason, some reason, okay? But let's keep following what Jesus says. Jesus then goes on and says this in verse number 15, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have ever have eternal life. Stop. I've heard it said to me that the word whosoever pertains only to the Jews. Yes, I've heard someone say that to me. That, I, listen, I know English pretty decently. And the word whosoever means exactly that. Whosoever. Who is Jesus talking to? He's talking to Nicodemus. He's saying, who, and by the way, the prophet Joel had this exact same prophecy. He said, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Okay, so he quantifies the whosoever by saying, for God so loved the world. What's the world? He's talking about humanity. That means when God sent his only begotten son, he did not send them for the Jews only. Yes, Israel was the vehicle that God used to bring the seed into the earth. But when the seed came, the seed came, Christ, the seed is Christ. You are Abraham's seed. We'll get to that scripture in just a second. Now, the seed is Christ. When Christ comes into the earth, he does not come just to save the Jews. He came for everyone. Why? Because it wasn't just the Jews that fell into sin. Every person fell into sin because of Adam, because every man born after Adam was born into sin. That includes the children of Israel. They were born into sin also. If that bothers your theology, I'm sorry, but let's keep looking. Let's, let's stay with Jesus for a second. It says this, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. In other words, look at that. He said he sent his son into the world. We have scriptures that say he came unto his own and his own what? Received him not. 
So yes, he did come. The Bible does say salvation is of the Jews. Why? Because the seed of Christ would come through the lineage of the Jews. But the coming of Christ was to reconcile, restore, and redeem fallen man. That's why Jesus would tell Nicodemus, whosoever. That's why that's so important. But let's see what he says to continue to say to Nicodemus. Because we like to stop at John 3.16. That's our famous scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But let's keep reading what Jesus said. Because he said something very unique to Nicodemus. A Jew. A Pharisee. Watch what he says. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Let us now read the next part. It says, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Let me read that verse. One more time, and please keep in mind, Jesus is speaking. The Lord, Emmanuel, is speaking to a Jew. He says, he that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Do you remember when Jesus gave the, the 12, 12 apostles initial power? And I believe it was in Matthew chapter 10 to go out and heal the sick and uh, cleanse the, uh, heal the sick and cast out the demons. Did he not say, do not go to the cities of the Samaritans, but go to the what? The lost sheep of the house of Israel. So Israel was what? according to Jesus, was lost. They were lost. Now, we're going to argue with what Jesus, I, I'm not arguing what Jesus said. Let's just stick with him. He called Israel lost. Well, how were they lost? Because if you don't believe on him whom the Father sent, and you don't believe in the only begotten Son of God, you're condemned already. You're lost. Mm, mm. So, to those who believe that the Jews or natural Israel does not have to uh, come to Christ, because Jesus says, no man comes to the Father except by me. And they also say what? Jesus said, I am the way. Jesus said, unless you believe on him, the name of the only begotten son of God, you're condemned already. He's talking to a Jew. But he said, whosoever believed on him is not condemned. So guess what? In order for you to be saved, one, if you want to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. In order to be saved, you must believe on him. You must confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and says, thou shall be saved. That is how you're saved. Now, you may say, well, no, the natural Israel's already grafted in. Are they? Are they? Let's check Acts chapter 2. If that did not convince you, and Jesus said out of his mouth, that was his writing, that was red writing, that says, if you don't believe on the only begotten Son of God, you're condemned already. He was talking to a Jew. He was talking to a Pharisee. 
So that's something he wanted them to know that the sheep of Israel are lost, but light has come into the world. He is the light of the world to bring them out of the what? The darkness. But how about this? Let's go with Acts chapter 2. How about we start with Peter? Peter being the most outspoken of the apostles. One that that uh, <laughs> that Jesus truly loved. I can truly say he loved him. But also, remember on the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, I believe it was Peter and John and James went with Jesus to the Mount of Transfiguration. And when he got up there, he saw Moses and he saw Elijah. We know that's a picture of the law and the prophets. And then there was Jesus standing right there. And the voice came from heaven, a voice came from heaven, which was the Father, and said, hear ye him. See, Peter wanted to build three booths or three tabernacles, one for Moses, one for Jesus, one for Elijah. But the Father interrupted all that and said, no, hear ye him, because he's the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. He's the fulfillment. Hear ye him. Now watch this. Peter said this. <laughs> this is good, y'all. Acts chapter 2, verse 32. Follow along. This Jesus has God raised up where we all are witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost. Let me read that one more time. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shared forth this which you now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Now, I want everybody to hear the exact words of Peter right now. He says, Therefore, verse 36, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly. Let me, he says, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus whom you, ye, have crucified both Lord and Christ. Now, there are people who want to sit here and argue and say the Jews didn't crucify Jesus. I don't know why that's a hot button topic. You know, you, you almost call it anti-Semite for saying it. But it's amazing because a devout Jew said before the people there at Jerusalem and said this, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and and Christ. Now when they heard this, when the people heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? They wanted to know, right? They said after hearing Jesus, and I only read you a portion of what Peter preached. I just got to the meat of the matter. But he wanted to let the children of Israel know that that same Jesus that you crucified was Lord, is Lord, and Christ. He says, what should we do, brothers? What can we do? What They were pricked in their hearts. He then Peter said unto them, unto them, he says, repent 
and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for, he gives them the reason why, for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm, that's it. He says, he told even the children of Israel that were there. He said, if, if to, you have to repent. What did John tell the children of Israel to do? Bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. Prepare the way of the Lord. You must repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what Peter said. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, you are not condemned if you believe on him, the only begotten son of God. But if you don't believe on him, you're condemned already. That's why Peter was eight, could say with assuredly that he could say with assurance that what? That you must repent and be baptized. You must be what? Born again. You must be born again. So every person that accepts Jesus Christ receives the promise of the Holy Ghost, but also their sins are remitted. Their sins are forgiven. Remember, it was sin that separated man from God. It was sin that broke them away from being sons to the Father. So Jesus comes to reconcile and restore mankind back to the original identity and the original government, which is being a son of God, administrating his kingdom in the earth, being a reflection of the Father's glory in the earth, that when all creation sees the sons, they see the glory of the Father. Okay. So in other words, Peter would tell all the house of Israel that you need to repent and be baptized. Let's go over to the church at Rome. Romans chapter 8. Now, this bothers with a lot of people. This just does. Don't know why. He, uh, the writer to the Romans says this about being spiritually minded. Very important. It says this, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, so then, they that are in the flesh, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. Who, who is he talking to? He's talking to the church at Rome. He says, but you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Please read this. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man, I'm going to take this pen right here. I want you to underline the word any man in your scripture. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I'm going to read it again. Because I'm, I'm tired. We, we got to stop making exceptions to rules. And the Bible clearly says something different. The Bible says, 
if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man, any man, he didn't make an exception. He said, any man has not the spirit of Christ. He is none of his. So then who are God's chosen people? Who are the people of God? All those who have received Christ within them. All those who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and confessed that he is Lord and God raised him from the dead. All of those who have, been re who have repented and been baptized into the body of Christ. That is who God's people are. Now, you can say whatever you want to, but that scripture sets what it is. In Jesus, the words of Yahshua HaMashiach, and some people know him as that, says this, that if you don't believe on him, you are already condemned. So the only way you can receive the gift and the spirit of Christ, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in you, you must repent and believe in Jesus Christ. That's it. And guess what? Jesus said, no man comes to the Father but by me. So guess what? There's no special provision. I, there's just none. Either we've gone through Jesus, we've looked at Peter, we're looking at Paul, and guess what? Let's look at one more place where, where Paul addressed a very similar matter. Everybody turn on to the, uh, to the letter to the church at Galatia, the Galatians, okay? And we're going to look at chapter 3. And we're going to look at verse number 22. Sorry about that. Chapter 3, verse 22. Please pull out your Bibles and let's just read. Read what the scriptures say. Stop going by everything you've heard over the generations. Not everything is right. Galatians chapter 3, verse 22. It says, but the scripture has concluded all under sin. All under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe he came into his own and his own received him not his own crucified him brother what should we do we what you must repent and be baptized right here but the scripture has concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of jesus christ might be given unto them that believe but before faith came before faith came we were kept under the law shut up Unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law, the law of Moses, was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. In other words, the law of Moses was like a road map. It was a road map. It was full of types and symbols and allegories that when the, when, the, when the Messiah came, those things that you were doing in once in a time past speak to the, re the revealing of the Messiah when he visited. But they missed his visitation and it was evident that the Pharisees and the Sadducees did not know the day of his visitation and only those who believed on him would know him. That's why I said Jesus wept because of their unbelief. 
We always say Jesus wept. We'll never know what they, what they wept about. But the Bible is very clear. It says he, they wept. he wept because of their unbelief. They saw him as Mary's baby. They saw him as the, the brother of James and, and John, but they did not see him as the son of God. And because of their unbelief, he wept. So let's look at this. Let's continue looking at Galatians chapter 3. It says this, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster, verse 24, to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. Keep reading. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Let me read that verse one more time. It says, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither. Now he's describing the house of God. Now he's describing the body of Christ. He says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. Your earthly ethnicity means nothing now. Oh, gosh, I know that hurts. But it's the truth. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. Your social status means nothing in the body of Christ. Guess what? It says there's neither male nor female because spirits don't have a gender. But how about this? For you are all one in Christ Jesus. The body of Christ is made up of Jews and Gentiles. Who are the Jews? The Jews who've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. The Jews that have confessed that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. They are the ones that are with the Gentiles in the body of Christ. They are the ones that have been reconciled back to God as sons. The body of Christ is made up of Jew and Gentile. That's why he says there's neither Jew nor Gentile because the Bible is a clear to, to, the, to, to the church at Corinth. He says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Paul would say to the church at Philippi, I am a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Of the ape of the stock of, of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Pharisee touching the law, I consider everything lost for the excellency and the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. He gave up his earthly, all of his earthly understanding of who he thought he was to be found in Christ, not having a righteousness of his own. He understood the most important identity now is being son. But we're not done with Galatians chapter 3. Let's keep reading. If you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What did I tell you? Abraham, the covenant was in thy seed shall all the nations be blessed. The seed is Christ, and the body of Christ is made up of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. See, this is what salvation was about. It was about reconciling man back to God. 
But guess what? No one gets a special pass. Nobody. You must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Every scripture I've given you has said that. We have made, especially in the West, because of horrible theology, we have made exceptions to rules that Jesus said were extremely exclusive. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus says, if you don't believe on the only begotten Son of God, you are condemned already. He would speak through Peter, and Peter would tell the, all the house of Israel that you need to repent and be baptized. So just like the Gentiles had to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, so did the children of Israel also. There's no special provision. Some of us have made special. So guess what? Then when we're approached by someone who is Jewish, when we hear that they're Jewish, we don't even tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Because our bad theology has said, well, no, they're, they're the children. They don't need to accept Jesus Christ. Oh, yes, they do. Because if that was the case, Peter would have never had to preach that and Jesus would not have never told Nicodemus that. But Nick, Jesus told Nicodemus that any man that you, if you're born again, you can, if you're not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And if you don't believe on the only begotten son of God, you are condemned already. He already said that the children of Israel were called the lost sheep. And he says, be baptized, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. Your fleshly lineage didn't get rid of the sin. It is only by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the only way that that blood of Jesus, that promise can be afforded to you to be called his people is that you have to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, you, must, you have to confess the Lord Jesus Christ and believe that God raised him from the dead. Last scripture. Everybody turn over to First uh, Peter. Really quickly. First Peter. It's, it's, it's so important that we understand that salvation, salvation, it's important. Salvation is to everyone. We must tell every. we've been called to tell everybody the truth. Look here. First Peter chapter 21. I'm sorry, first Peter chapter 1 verse 21. It says, by who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is grass, is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. Let me say this to each and every one of you. You must you must be born again. You must be born again. Every last person must be born again. And if someone asks you, how do I be saved? How can I 
accept Jesus? How can I be accepted into the family of God? How? You have to tell them. You must confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and must believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and thou shalt be saved. Point blank, no questions asked. Because we're born again of the holy seed. He says what? For you are a chosen generation. For you are a peculiar people, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation. That's what Peter said. You are a chosen generation. A chosen. He said chosen, y'all. He said you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's what he says about the church. A chosen generation. A holy nation. Because the glory of God is seen through the sons. This is what salvation is all about. Do not twist and change what Jesus Christ has said is the way. The only way to the Father. If you change it, and you make it to be something that's not, and you cost someone their salvation, that blood is upon your head. You must be able to tell people the truth. We must be able to stand on the truth. And we must be able to preach and live the truth. And that's the uncompromised gospel of the kingdom and the word of the Lord. So may God bless you till we meet again on the Journey Through Sonship podcast.